What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney If you've ever wondered what it's like to be on the hit TV show Shark Tank pitching your ideas to investors like Mark Cuban and Barbara Corcoran then we have the episode for you If you tuned in last night, you saw Jim, Jake, and Jordan DeSico pitch their company, Suniva Super Coffee, to the Sharks. The DeSicos tell their story from youngest brother Jordan creating the Super Coffee in his dorm room to getting on Shark Tank. They discuss their entrepreneurial journey and all of the behind the scenes of what actually happens in the tank. As a special gift for listeners of this show, you can get 20% off an online purchase of Suniva by using the discount code W-G-Y-T at checkout. Jim and Jordan talking about their behind the scenes of the Shark Tank. How are you guys doing today? Doing well, man. Doing well. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Yeah, man. Thanks for getting us down here. It's going to be good. You guys, what you've been able to accomplish with the business, Suniva, growing it, starting out of your dorm room. So for the listeners, can you first off just kind of identify your voices just so everyone on the call knows what's happening? Yes, yes. This is Jordan DeSico, the youngest brother here at Suniva Super Coffee. This is Jim DeSico. I'm the oldest brother at Suniva Super Coffee. So Jordan, you started this in your dorm room. You want to tell that story, how the product first came to mind for you? Sure, sure. I was a uh, basketball player at Philadelphia University. Um We'd have 5 a.m. basketball practices, then I'd have to run over to my 8 a.m. business class. You know, we've all been there um, and kind of struggled throughout the day, you know, looking looking forward to the nap. And, and you know, I, I went to the school convenience store uh, looking for an energy drink, pick me up, whatever. And there was just nothing that was appealing to me. Everything was loaded with sugar, unhealthy, artificial ingredients, stuff that ultimately if you put into your body – um, you know, it'd probably make you feel much worse. Um, so I was like, this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I was a big coffee fan. So, uh, I did some research on, on the industry a little bit more. It was, it was interesting to me. And I saw that, you know, the Starbucks Frappuccino, those little bottled pieces of garbage kind of <laughs> controlled, uh, you know, over 90% of, of the bottled coffee market at the time. And that was just remarkable to me. So, um, being the extreme competitive, uh, human being that I am, I kind of started blending, uh, you know, my own recipes literally in my dorm room. Um, so, uh, doing a ton of research just on, you know, different types of ingredients that, that people were testing out, uh, you know, fitness, health and fitness bloggers, you know, stuff like that. Were you an experimenter like this growing up? Um, I, I don't, I mean, we considered ourselves entrepreneurs for like doing little things like lemonade stands yeah. and like stuff like that and like selling water bottles. But like we never like experimented with like creating, you know, things. We just kind of. He's, he's always been obsessive, you know. That's and, what they and, said. And, yeah. and <laughs> whether it was shooting free throws at the YMCA for eight hours at a time or like when we were a kid, I thought there was something wrong with him because he would go in the backyard and just throw up, throw the wiffle ball up to himself and visualize these games in the backyard. You know, like he would have a World Series game for hours just playing wiffle ball. I was like, mom, there's something wrong with that boy. <laughs> but he was he was so obsessive with it. And once once he got on this, this coffee thing and saw the opportunity, that same sort of obsession took over. And unfortunately for his basketball career, there wasn't room for two loves yeah. in his life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that 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 is true. Um, I fell in love with with the idea of bringing this healthy, you know, all natural, better for you product to this mainstream market. I saw a huge opportunity in it, even though a lot of people didn't at first, um, and kind of ran with it. And you know, once I felt I had a decent recipe, which obviously at the time wasn't a decent recipe, 
Um, you know, I called Jake, our middle brother, who's not with us, who's down in Georgia, and I said, "Hey, man, we got a we got a company. You want to uh, you want to you want to join this?" So I want I want to hit on that moment. Was yeah. it like that light bulb moment? Like you blended this up? You're well, in your yeah, dorm room, kind of. It, the light bulb moment was immediate, right? It was yeah. like this is what I got to do. In uh, you know, this was October, my freshman year. So my freshman year just started. It wasn't until probably January, February, where I went to Jake. Um, and ultimately Jim as well and said, hey, this is what I'm going to do. So it was really six months of me um, kind of formulating and doing research and seeing, you know, is this viable? Is this thing like actually possible for me to do? And, you know, after six months, it, it took, you know, Jake Jake kind of hopped on board immediately and we kind of started, you know, playing around with it. And then Jim ultimately came on board too. So let's talk about that six month process. I mean, yeah, obviously yeah, sure. you, you got this cool product now and trying to bring your brothers yeah. both. I mean, you got Jim, he's got his own career going yes. on. I mean, what are those conversations like where you're actually convincing these guys that, hey, this this is something we could do? Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was cool. Cause again, went with Jake first because Jake and I, I think, um, again, we're closer in age, Jim's the oldest. So we, always were kind of like the sales guys. Um, so I called him first and was like, look, this is what I want to do. Uh, join me. And he was like, sure. And he was at Georgetown at the time. He played football. Um, he was in their business school too. So it made a lot of sense. And we joined the Georgetown summer launch program that summer. We immediately applied, um, which was cool, right? Because it was just like, it wasn't even a company. Uh, we pitched in their competition and we got recognized and, and invited to, to join the launch program. Um, and then over that summer, so my whole freshman year goes by and over that summer, we really start to develop a, a, some sort of business plan and we start reaching out to manufacturers and distributors and things like that. So it's starting to become some sort of a business a little bit, but we haven't raised much capital yet. Uh, obviously haven't launched yet or anything, but in our, in our minds, it's like, okay, this is it. Um, so that's when I decided, okay, I'm going to give up my scholarship ballsy move right there huh? <laughs> jesus Give up my scholarship. Wait, what, what were the parents like when you did they this? were yeah they, they, they <laughs> were not happy <laughs> but that's, where, that, that's where it became a little bit logical because i was like look mom and dad coach friends teammates you know you, you guys might think you know from far outside looking in it looks like we're doing well whatever because you know social media makes you look better than you are yep but and, and that's not the reason I'm leaving. The reason I'm leaving is because this is going to be 20, 22 hours a day yeah. of nonstop. And we saw that. Um, and then once I um, once I deci decided to make that move, Jim was working in New York at the time. He was in real estate. Um, I wrote him. I wrote him a note. I wrote him an email, and I was just like basically explaining like the opportunity and how I really felt about it, and that I was dropping out and. Um, you know, he decided to join and that was, that's when it all started. So. That's when it all started, huh? Yeah. So, so you get this email from your brother. What, do, what are you thinking? It, it's totally crazy. I, I knew they were working on it, um, while, while I was up in New York, but like at, growing up as athletes and sort of, like I went to a liberal arts school, we didn't know the startup community, right? I didn't even know what a startup was. I didn't know anything about venture capital or, or that whole world. So I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. And had I known, like in hindsight, had I known how difficult this was going to be, I probably would have stayed at my job. Um, <laughs> but now, I mean, we learned like once I, it, there was some, uh, definitely a piece of emotion to this. Like I, I felt some type of emotion when I read his, his letter. And I was like, wow, this, this is going to be special, right? He was, he, cause he connected his product and this vision for this product with, with people and how it's going to make people feel and why people need this. And for me, I was like, this is powerful stuff, man. 
Uh, so not only did he drop out of school, I quit my first career. Yeah. I, I left my job and uh, we called mom and we're like, we're starting a coffee company. And for her, it was even more radical. Like the, nobody in our family is entrepreneurs. Nobody's like ever started a company before there. And, and my mom was like, what is, what is happening? Right. Right. And they, they were, they were shocked. Right. They thought this was a total rebellious act where we were acting out. We were crazy. Right. We didn't know what we were doing. And uh, eventually we got some momentum and they got behind us the same way they, they supported us our whole lives. Yeah, not only do they have one crazy child, now you got all three that are going off the <laughs> right, deep end here. Right. I mean, it, it's cool hearing you guys talk about that naive optimism, right? Where you yeah. don't fully know what you're jumping into. But I mean, what are some of the, the key takeaways you've had over this past few years that I was just like, I had no idea to expect that going into it, but now afterwards, oh my gosh. Yeah, so, so Kevin Plank has this great quote. He's the CEO of Under Armour. And he has this quote that we kind of live by and we had a great experience experience with him early on where we heard it and it was uh you know be smart enough to be naive enough to not know what you cannot accomplish so he's basically saying like you have to have that oh, naive yeah. optimism yeah. early on um and looking back on it i mean that that's the reason why we're, we are where we are like jim said if we knew what what it was going to be like going into it we wouldn't we wouldn't have done it because our chances were so slim but at the time they were so strong right and that's what what got us over the hump. But looking back on it, we, we hurdled so many and avoided so many obstacles. Um, it was really incredible. Yeah. One of our mentors early on was, was Seth Goldman, the, the CEO of Honest Tea. Um, we, they, they were based in Bethesda, right, when we were launching in Georgetown, so 10 minutes up the road. And we, we came to him with the idea. We said, Seth, we read your book, man. We love what you did. We're starting a company. And he was like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> like, you don't know what you're getting yourselves into. Yeah, yeah. And for us, like that's sort of, that's a challenge, right? Yeah. A challenge that we accepted. And that I think as athletes, this sort of competitive drive has really allowed us to, to overcome these hurdles. And going back to that naive optimism, it's like, we want to be in Wawa. Let's go get in Wawa, right? I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do that, but let's go do it, right? We want to be on every college campus in the country, how do you do that? I don't know, but let's do it, right? And and we're doing it, and it's happening. And and I, I think the ability to run through walls and not really see the barriers has has made us successful so far. Obviously, we have a long way to go. Yeah, and I think what Jim brought to the table too, he had more. Um, it was funny because he used to always talk about like be realistic, um, and I would always push back and say, you know, I'm not going to be realistic. Why would I want to be realistic? And now it's like you see how you know my entrepreneurial spirit versus his. Uh, more logical, sound business approach, um, kind of formed like a perfect combination to get through some of the things we went through. So now we're more about surrounding ourselves with people who who can do things that we can't. Yep. Um, you know, like the operators, the finance guys, uh, the marketing guys who can really complement our hustle. Um, and that's a that's just another thing that I would say to, to entrepreneurs. It's okay that you don't know a lot. You're going to make a lot of mistakes, but try to surround yourself with, with people who have strengths where you're weak. So. Yeah, I mean, that's unbelievable advice for those entrepreneurs out there who are listening. I also want to know three brothers. What is that dynamic like? I mean, I have two older brothers. If we were in a business together, we'd be in a fist fight every single day. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, investors ask me this often, and there's this sort of apprehension when you invest in like a, a married couple or, or siblings because there it, it could be unclear or, or, or blurry. And for us, we've been extremely fortunate that uh, we are defined by our roles. Like I do things that Jordan can't do. Jordan does things that Jake can't do. And Jake does things that we can't do. And that's unique. But the other thing, we're, we're so close in age, right? I'm 25, Jake's 24, and Jordan's 22. And we're all athletes. So we, we bring to the table that level of trust that's been forged over the last 22 years. Whereas some founders, 
like, like they, they meet at a bar or they, they, they meet late in life. That trust isn't there. So I trust, like, I don't need to talk to these guys at all. I live with them. I, I, I work out with them. I, I work with them. I don't need to see them all day. And I trust that they're doing everything in their power to get the job done. And, and that's special. That's a very special thing. So, I mean, I understand the brother dynamic. So then how does that work where you guys try to bring on new people into your company? I mean, you have 22 years of trust between each other. How do you then say, all right, I want this new person who we haven't really met before to now handle this huge role? Yeah, yeah. So again, we, we each have our own responsibility. So it's kind of like, again, this where the you know, kind of corporate aspect comes in a little bit where we have a sound structure where, you know, I focus on one thing, Jake focuses on another, Jim focuses on another. And, you know, if Jim's recruiting someone to, to work under, you know, one of his departments, say, um, something he's responsible for, we can come together and talk about it. Um, and he's kind of pitching us on this new person. And ultimately, it's going to come down to their values, um, you know, their background, where do they come from? But we want someone who's going to be as hungry as us and just going to run through a wall, um, you know, not necessarily the experienced um you know, but someone who's great at, you know, a lot of things. There's a, we have a, a pretty unique approach to hiring, right? Where we don't, we're not a very technical company. You don't need coding. You don't need to develop. Like what we do is pretty simple. It's just, it's hustle and hard work. And as, as growing up as athletes, it's like, we want the guys on our team, the guys and girls on our team who win a fourth and goal with no time left on the clock, they're going to get us over that end zone. And you don't you, you don't see that on a resume. You don't see that in a test score. So what I do, this one kid, um, he's been with us for over a year now. He's amazing. Our, our regional rep in, in D.C., uh, Ray Clatterbuck. And he he came to us. He, he We met him early on at, in a store, I think. He's like, hey, man, I work for the government, but I want to get involved with your brand. This is really cool. Um, I'm like, all right, man, let's, let's see. He was, he was serious, expressed serious interest. And I was like, let's see what this kid's about. Right. So I was like, all right, meet me, meet me at this trail, this trail in the woods at 6am on Saturday. And like totally bizarre thing. Like that's a weird thing to do. And he, we met and we just ran, we just ran through the woods as, as far as we could, as far as I possibly could. And he hung with me. He never, he never quit. I was dying. He was dying, but he didn't quit. And I was like, this guy's got like, he's somebody we want on our team. And, uh, I mean, if we had a real HR department, you probably couldn't get away with that stuff. <laughs> yeah. No. Same thing though with with our, our Philly guy. Like the, multiple examples of this. Mike Loudon. Shout out to to Philly and the Birds for the Super Bowl win. But Mikey Loudon um, was was the captain at Philly U, where I played men's basketball, and he 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 was a walk on. He was the captain. And he was a walk on. So right there, that will tell you enough about this kid. Um, and he had a four point uh, GPA, and he he worked out in the gym. He, he didn't get as much playing time as he deserved, um, but he led the team from the bench and was the hardest working kid on the team and had a 4.0. And then he was basically interning for us this whole senior year as well. So he kind of just formed into this role perfectly. Um, a role that, you know, you would expect a, a 20 year, you know, Coke exec um, to, to lead and he's doing a great job. I mean, I, I just love hearing the variables you guys are looking at. So I had a meeting last week, young kid fresh out of college and he's talking about his his resume and he's got all these great accolades on it. And I'm like, all right, well, what are you willing to do outside of the box for these? And and you guys hit on that. I mean, meeting at the trail. I mean, you've got a walk-on cap and all these little things. So I know we have a ton of young people listening to this. So I'm sure they'll be reaching out to you guys and, and how can they really stand out? So that's cool to hear. But we're here today because you guys just had your episode air last night on Shark Tank. I mean, what is that like to be selected to be on one of the biggest shows in America? Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's, it's humbling. It's certainly humbling. It's a, it's a surreal opportunity. And, and for us, we were just grateful to have it, right? The, the fact that 
these producers or these investors saw saw something special in us and our brand. We we uh, really wanted to to share our brand with the world, but most importantly, partner with one of the sharks. Um, and if you if you watched the episode last night, that uh, that didn't happen, but we're we're very happy with the outcome. Yeah. No. I mean. Just incredible. If you think about there's 40,000 people who are gonna apply to be on the show and, and then you guys are selected. Clearly you guys possess something that's a little bit different. So, I mean, how were you actually selected for this? What are the logistics like there? How did you even think about, all right, hey, we wanna apply to be on Shark Tank? Yeah, and it, it was one of those things where, um, we, so we applied for Shark Tank 18 months into the company. This was June, this was April, 2017. And for the previous 18 months, we'd see people at, at demos and in stores and they'd be like, oh, you guys should go on Shark Tank, right? This is a great story, dorm room brothers, like you'd, you'd be great. And for us, I looked at the, that uh, ratio that you just described, 40,000 people, right? And for me, like that's a shot in the dark. We don't, I don't like those odds. Uh, and it's a distraction. We got, we have work to do. We have a business to grow. We're not going to waste our time doing a 40 page application and a 10 minute video and all that. And then by, by happenstance, I saw on LinkedIn, uh, right around Easter of, of 2017, some guy commented on another entrepreneur's post saying, Hey, if you want to get on Shark Tank, hit me up. So I hit him up. I, I, I intercepted this offer and I hit him up. I was like, Hey man, we want to get on Shark Tank. What do we got to do? And I, I figured if we can get somehow get on top of that pile of 40,000, our odds would be better. Right. So I, I'm down for that. We call that creating your own luck people. That's, that's what we call that. That's right. Yeah. No, you, you see an opportunity and you, you go with, go with it. So it, it's no longer a cold application or a cold call. We apply, or he introduces us to a producer. The guy was like, this is great. We want you like, I'll, I'll put your, your application on top of the list. This was April. We applied by by mid May. We heard they're like, "Congrats, you, you guys made it to the next round." Whatever whatever that meant. We got paired up with a couple producers, uh, like that was our team to sort of see us through the the shooting. Uh, we had to write a script. Like the first ninety seconds of the show is scripted. Um, we did that. We rehearsed, and they flew us out. They flew us out in June. So it happened very quickly. And uh, once once we got out there, I mean, it was a, a five day experience. They paid for everything. Um, and we were the first company to pitch on that last day we were out there. So we, we warmed up the sharks with some super coffee. Today, what got you there is being fueled by Soniva Super Coffee. Soniva provides an organic bottled coffee blended with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil for all-day energy. Grab a bottle at your local Whole Foods market or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, they believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. My favorite product is their convenient new brain stick pack. Perfect before a workout or a study session, their dual mushroom blend supports memory attention and brain health. I also have been using their cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you to as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. I mean, that is awesome. I mean, you mentioned create your own luck and 
I mean, that is such a strategic approach. And I think people don't understand that. I mean, you guys are doing these little things that most people aren't thinking about. We talked about the resumes and people say, hey, I've got this great resume where you guys go so far beyond that. Same thing with getting on this. You could have just reached out to one person, but no, you find those little pieces that all go together. And that's so key in building one of these businesses. Yeah, and just to touch on that point even more, I mean, Jim mentioned Wawa, um, which is you know the place to be in, in the Philadelphia market and beyond. Um, and, and Mike Loudon and I, I'll mention Mikey again, when we were uh, in school still, and you know, the brand was very, very young. We said, yo, like, let's make a goal. We're going to be in Wawa within two years. Um, and it literally took us two years. Uh, but we reached out to every single person who who we thought would have a connection to Wawa in, in this market. A lot of people do. Um, and over time, it just kind of built up, built up, built up. And then we leveraged LinkedIn uh, tools, resources like that, where we were reaching out to buyers every day. Um, and if we couldn't get in front of the beverage buyer, we get in front of the snack buyer and we build a relationship with that. We leverage, you know, Philadelphia sports, whatever it may be. Um, and then finally, I think a, a piece that really helped it was, uh, again, me, me going back to school, got a lot of media attention because I had dropped out and then I went back, which we can talk about later if you want. Um, but the ABC six did a piece and, and this is Jeff Sfersky who covers, you know, the Eagles covers the Phillies. So he's, he's a big name in Philly sports. And, um, you know, the, the last thing he said is these guys, and I asked him to say this, uh, he was like, and the biggest thing about this company is they're really hoping to be in Wawa and that's how it ended. And that's kind of what pushed us over the loop with Wawa. So yeah. stuff like that. I, I'd be remiss to, to sort of skip over this creating your own luck thing, because that's why we're sitting here today with you, Sean. I, I don't know if you remember, but you saw an Instagram post last summer, right, right around the shark tank time. And you reached out to us like, Hey guys, what you're doing is cool. I'd, I'd like to learn more. And then we sent you some product. We ended up sponsoring some shows and you've become a great partner ever since. But that's because you created your own luck, right? You saw an opportunity and you, and you capitalized on it. So there's definitely something to be said with that sort of, I, I guess, in, instinct or um, just reactionary work. Like that's, that's, you created an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I, I can speak to why I first even reached out. I mean, unique product. And then I, I kind of looked behind the scenes and, and what I could see via social and you guys were you guys weren't messing around. You were all over the place. I mean, I, I almost equated to a Swiss army knife. I mean, you mentioned you guys are doing all these little things. I'm like, all right, I want these guys, young hustlers. I want to know more about this. And I mean, your follow-up, what you guys have been able to accomplish since, I mean, that's why I jumped on full board and, and now fortunate enough to be an investor in your company, because I love what you guys are doing, the approach you're taking. So, I mean, what goes through your mind when you guys actually find out that like this episode is going to happen, we are going to be on shark tank. So that was a long process, man. We, yeah. we shot this thing in June of 2017. And the way that it works, the, the season kicked off in October. So we could have aired as soon as October 1st, 2017. And the ABC gives you two weeks notice, literally like 10 days notice before. So it's radio silence from June to October. The season kicks off. We don't hear anything. Now it's Thanksgiving. Now it's Christmas. Now it's it's New Year's. We're like, and I will interject quickly and just say we, we leveraged the Shark Tank thing a lot before we even knew we were going to be on it. And so buyers, family, friends, everyone oh, in our yeah. network, when are you guys going to be on? When are you guys going to be on? We were getting nervous. Like, just wait, it's coming. We just kept pushing it back. So yeah, no, I, I mean, I use that in investor meetings. Like accounts said yes to us because we were going to be on Shark Tank. Come, come January one, we're like, I don't think, I don't think this is going to happen guys. Like we, cause there's no guarantee. Uh, there's no guarantee. And since we didn't get a deal, we thought our odds might be a little worse than if we, if we did get a deal, even though there was like a, a good back and forth with the sharks. Um, but once, once we, uh, once we heard, so when was it? It was like late January, like only a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. 
they said, congratulations. Oh no, dude, this is wild. So one of my, one of our investors from Maryland, this sort of like a redneck guy, love you, Larry, uh, a, a bit, a bit of a hick hit, hit me up and was like, congratulations. I was like, what do you mean, man? He's like, you're going on Shark Tank. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, we didn't get any announcement. And I, I guess there's some like off-Broadway media site that leaked a press release two days before our producers hit us up and said, congratulations, your episode has been selected to air. So I found out the, the weirdest of ways, and it was validated through the uh, through the Sharks, so, or I mean, through the uh, the producers. Yeah. I mean, you guys have to be almost somewhat scared. So you, you talk about that timeline where it's, hey, we don't know if we're going to be on, if this is going to happen, if not, and then all of a sudden you find out oh crap, we've got two weeks. Like, how's our inventory? What are we doing via social? I mean, there's so many variables. So what is that like when you actually find out going from pure bliss to, I don't know, some skepticism? Yeah, yeah. So we actually whiffed because once we heard, we knew when the season was going to air and we beefed up our e-commerce inventory back in October with product that expired in March. So we didn't have much time and it was like a year supply of inventory. It would have been enough for a Shark Tank lift. So we we're like, dang, this, this product's going to expire. This sucks. And to your point, like once we got this, we immediately got on the phone uh, with, with our e-commerce center. We sent them more product. We updated the website. We, we added like the pixels and stuff to, tra to track the traffic. And now all of that data is so invaluable. Um, and then really what we did spent the last two weeks doing the most of was connecting and reaching out to other companies that have been on Shark Tank saying like, hey, what would you have done differently as you got ready? Or what should we expect before, during and after the show? And that, that sort of intel was invaluable because it was, it was different brands that just went through it. Once again, you guys are creating your own luck. I mean, I can't, I can only imagine so many companies gone on Shark Tank and they're like, oh, all right, Shark Tank's going to happen where you guys are like, let's re reach out to the resources that can help guide us through that way. So doors open, you guys are about to be on Shark Tank. You're staring down the sharks. What is that moment like? That's an intense moment. That's, <laughs> that is really intense. So, so how it starts too, um, you, you walk out there and obviously it's us three uh, and, and I'm kind of leading it, kicking it off. And like Jim said, the first, the first, what is it? Minute is, is scripted. The first minute is scripted. So we know what we're going to go out and say and everything, but you walk out and you have to stop on this X. So it's us three lined up and there's the sharks 10 feet away from you face to face. And the first, what is it? 30 seconds. You're just kind of staring at them because they're getting the cameras ready and the mic mics so ready. So absolute silence. You walk staring. out there, you're walk staring at there. Mark Cuban, and all of a sudden you just got to be silent for silent 30, seconds. For 30 it seconds. It felt like an eternity. And it I can only imagine. Yeah. It was it was <laughs> it was an intense and the most intense investor meeting ever to, to kick it off. And uh, you know they're laughing at us. You hear them say like, "Oh, are they are they twins? Like, what's going on? Like, what's the triplets out there? Like, what what is this?" And uh, so that kind of broke the ice a little bit. They were cool about it. And then all of a sudden you hear a voice say, like, what is, like begin. Wow. Yeah, begin, begin. And then I, I kick off the pitch and then Jake and then Jim. And um, then it, from there, you know, after the first two minutes, you're live. You're, you're, you've got an hour with the Sharks. Yeah, it was, it was like the pitch was muscle memory just because we repped it a million times yeah. before that. So I kind of blacked out during the script. <laughs> And then after the script, we, we did sample. So it was great that we had a product they could test and taste yeah. and, and all that. So that was uh, that was very social. Like we were interacting with them, pointing out the flavors and stuff. And that sort of calmed the nerves. But uh, really before before those doors opened, we were in the, the, the like we w walked out, saw the set. There was no sharks out there yet. And then they put us in this, this dressing room and we're like, guys, 20 minutes till showtime. And that was like pregame jitters in the locker room. Oh, I right? bet, yeah. So there was no nerves, but it was like, 
it's showtime, boys. Yeah, Let's that do anticipation. This. Yeah, so we were jacked up. And then uh, go through the pitch, go through the uh, the samples. And then it was a full 60 minutes with the Sharks back and forth. Very real dialogue. And yeah, yeah I mean, it, it was we were nervous to see how that got boiled down into the seven minutes that you saw last night. Yeah, and I really appreciated that because... I don't know, you know, a lot of people watch the show. They don't know what to expect. I, I know that a lot of my friends and even, um, you know, parents of, of my friends are just like, oh, this is all crap. Like, this is all scripted, garbage, like TV. And the show's kind of been going downhill a little bit um, over the years as, you know, people get that notion. But it's real. I mean, it is real. It is a real conversation, It which makes it, you know, all the shows that I've seen in the past so much more um exciting because it's authentic right it's not the scripted thing it's not reality tv it's it's you know you're out there and, and you're get, getting after it with with mark cuban and 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 you know the rest of the team up there so it's fun i mean i have to wonder what is an investor meeting like post shark tank oh, i mean <laughs> you're staring down mark cuban one moment <laughs> and then i you guys have to be so much more calm cool collected after that right yeah yeah i mean that in my eyes was the biggest stage we could we could have pitched on um, and everything since has been not, not easy. There's no meeting that is easy, but I have much more confidence. And, and I, I'd say that confidence comes by doing things. You build confidence by doing things you thought you couldn't do every single day. And Shark Tank was super, super uncomfortable, right? It's national television in front of major celebrities. Um, so now after that, uh, it's a, it's a nice icebreaker for investor meetings that, that follow that. But, uh, my, my nerves are definitely gone. Gotcha. I want to know some other behind the scenes stuff that happened. I mean, you mentioned you got 60 minutes condensed down to seven. There has to be other things going on, even if it's, if it's camera work, things like that, that the average viewer just doesn't get to see. Um, ton of makeup, a ton, a ton of makeup. We got dressed up. We felt like movie stars for a little bit. Um, but I mean, when, when you're out there, the full 60 minutes is because you, you cover a lot of topics, right? This is so a lot of people don't probably don't think about this either, but this is the first time the sharks are being introduced to us. They have no clue who's walking out and what their company is about. So they have to learn a lot of information to make a real decision on whether they want to give you your, their money or not. And that's what it comes down to. So a lot of back and forth on everything from you know the product and how it was formulated to the story, the customer, the revenue, um, you know your, your, your strategy going forward and, and who your team is made up of. So a lot of the nitty gritty details. I think that's the most difficult part because when I go to regular investor meetings now, they've seen the pitch deck. They know what the projections exactly. are. They've tasted the product, right? They know everything about the story and the brand. And then it's just convincing them the nuances or answering any like detailed questions they have. Whereas on Shark Tank, they know nothing about us. They don't know that we're brothers. They don't know that we sell coffee. And if you guys saw last night, we walked out wearing wearing button downs. And when Jordan says we created the world's first super coffee, we rip off the button downs. And that's the first time the sharks see super coffee on our shirts. And it's, even then, we had to articulate what super coffee was, why it was different, how it started in this dorm room. And 60 minutes was just how long we were out there for. This thing, there's no time limit to it. If if the sharks don't like you, it could be 20 minutes. Or if it's a if it's a heated debate or argument, it could be two hours. You know, um, so you really don't have much time to one explain what you are and two convince them that it's a good enough opportunity for them to invest in. Was there one thing going into the show that said, you know what, as a company, we have to do this, we have to show this to the sharks, or else we're not going to get a deal, and America as a whole aren't going to understand our company as well. Is there anything like that? 
I, I think for us on, on the episode was just actually our sales, right? The, how far we've come from the dorm room. Because a lot of companies that go on there, they're either just an idea or they have like just some some meaningless amount of, of revenue. And, and for us, I mean, we grew from from 200,000 in, in 2016 to 1.1 million last year. And that's something that we want. That's very real growth from a, something that was in a dorm room blender not long ago. So the, all of the sharks were impressed by that. That was like the, the very tangible, real piece to it. I mean, obviously you guys had tremendous momentum, it sounds like, when you're in there. I mean, you guys are ripping off the shirt. I mean, you're getting these sharks up and about. What happens when a shark goes out? I mean, is that absolutely deflating, debilitating? What's that like? Yeah, so for, for those who saw, Robert was the first one out and it was early on and it was you know a taste thing um, where he was just like, why don't I like the taste? He's got a weak palate, no one can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Jimmy said, you're not a millennial, so that's, that's why. Uh, I, I offended him, yeah, yeah. I called him old. And he was like, okay, I'm out. And, and at that point, we were kind of taken back. I mean, I was a little bit. We didn't really recap that too much, but I was a, <laughs> a little taken back. Like, all right, well, that, that was quick. Um, but then, you know, we got into a groove and you see they do have a unique balance. They're used to being up there with each other. So that was cool how they balanced each other out. And, and you know, it kind of flowed from there. And then Robert at one point was like, ah, maybe I'll come back in and see how it goes. Um, so Robert kind of hit us hard and then. I think we got our feet back under us and, and it was fun from, you know, it was, it was easy going from there. And then yeah, you, you, know. you just, you shift your focus, right? As soon as we lost Robert, there was four other sharks left. And I was like, Robert doesn't exist anymore. Right. And then I think we lost Mark and then Barbara. Right. And then there was two left and Mark and Barbara and Robert were still chattering. And, but I just, we just blocked them out. We're like, shut up guys. You're not, you're not important anymore. There's two sharks left and we got business to do. Um, so you, you just re refocus. Do you think your sports background help you guys deal with scenarios like that? I'm just thinking about, I mean, if you're on the football field, you're on the basketball court, something goes wrong, other teams get momentum. I mean, you guys seem that you can compartmentalize that and really shift away from that pretty easily. Yeah. Next play, right? Yep. If you throw an interception, if you, if you, uh, miss a shot or something, it's, it's just next play, right? In, in basketball, you get five fouls. So there's five judges up there. Yeah. And we went in with that mindset that no matter what happened, we were going to make it a positive, positive experience. And I think, you know, we, we did a good job of keeping our morale high, kind of laughed off a lot of things that Cuban, Cuban had to say. Um, and that's how you got to be. That's the attitude you got to have. Yeah. I mean, going in the show, were there any sharks you guys were targeting and say specifically, we want to deal with this person? We thought Mark. I mean, we, we thought, thought Mark. Mark yeah. Uh, I mean, it I makes was, sense, right? Yeah. It makes sense. I was spinning the basketball on my finger out there. We were getting into the story. Um, and he, he was, you know, the most, the most, uh, resilient up there, I guess, when it, when it came to the product and, and trying to understand. Um, but yeah, we went in there with Mark. Yeah. And it almost hurt us. So Mr. Wonderful wasn't on our episode and he's usually the bad guy that sits in the middle. So on our episode, Mark was the bad guy that sat in the middle and it seemed like he was, he was scripted to be such. Obviously it was all real conversation, but we could have had gold in a bottle and he would have still put up a good fight. Um, I don't know if he has something against coffee or he didn't like us. Uh, at one point he was like, you guys, you guys are just the right amount of arrogant. And I like that. Like we were up there with confidence and having fun. So, I mean, it's not like he totally wrote us off, but he did play that role that Mr. Wonderful usually is. Yeah. Can we actually talk about that confidence for a minute? Uh, I mean, across all the guests almost, this is something we hit on confidence and dealing with fear. And I know you guys mentioned your athletic backgrounds. Can you just talk about where you developed that confidence from? Yeah, man. And, and two years ago, like when, right when I left my job and, and to, to get here, 
I was so insecure. And up until recently, I was very insecure about this. I, I was in, I mean, these guys know I was, there was a point where I was training for the military. Like I was, I wanted to go do the special forces and, and just get into a regimented lifestyle where like I, I sort of knew what my, my job and my career would be. And I wanted to serve because I was so, I just didn't believe in myself. And now, I mean, I, I got my confidence from Jake and Jordan because their belief is so powerful. And that's really what I've learned over these last two years is you got to believe in yourself, right? You got to believe in yourself. And we are, you, everybody that's, that's listening to this is capable of so much more than they think they are. And as an athlete, you get that confidence by doing repetitions over and over again, scoring touchdowns, hitting home runs, winning, winning the game, right? Like, like that's where the reps come from. And maybe it's because we've been beat up so many times over the last two years of, of doing this that uh, the little wins, the, the big wins, the losses all sort of pile into this confidence. So I think experience is the best teacher. I, I hate cliches, but it's true. No, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Confidence kind of builds up over time. And just from the start of, of the company, obviously we were, we were confident and, and had enough belief to get it going, but still insecure, right? As a 19-year-old kid, um, you know, you, you don't know a lot, a lot of things. And I think the, the biggest thing that's helped me is just understanding and, and realizing it's okay, right? You, you don't, you're not going to know everything, um, which is fine. And you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Um, the only thing you can do is, is learn from them and become better. And that's the best thing you can do. Um, that, that's the confidence is the most important ingredient for being successful and confidence that we, we say it's synonymous with belief and, and belief in yourself. Uh, but if, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't, if you don't trust your, that you're the person to get the job done, nobody else is going to and investors smell that fear on you. I've been in meetings where I was the guy on the other side of the table that I, I wasn't confident in and I lost those meetings. Um, but now once you, once you get a few wins under your belt, you can, that confidence really builds up, right? It, it, confidence comes from, or confidence is built by doing things you thought you couldn't do over and over again. And then it's unstoppable. Like the, really, like it, it's almost a, it's almost unstoppable to a fault. Like we think, we think we can go out and, and conquer the world and maybe we can, right? Like let's, let's, uh, let's try it until we're proven wrong. Yeah, exactly. And, and last, last thing before we move on to, I'll just say, if you are scared of something, do it, right? That's how you're going to become, you know, a great quote out there. Uh, the more you seek the uncomfortable, the more you become comfortable. And that's, you know, it's, it's, you know, human nature, right? You go out there. I say, I hate public speaking, but that's why I do it every chance I get, because every time I speak, yes, I hate it when I'm in the moment, but it makes me so much better. I feel a relief after it. And that's, I, I gain that confidence. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's one section of this entire show, I think anyone should listen to, it's probably those last three minutes where you guys just ripped it on that. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable advice there for any entrepreneur, anyone in any type of business, that confidence is so key to the success. So, I mean, the episode finishes up. Is there anything when you guys are walking out of there that you're like, man, I wish we had done this differently? Yeah. Hindsight's 2020, right? It's like watching Monday morning quarterback, watching film or whatever. Um, I, I think knowing what we know now, like we prepared for a formal business meeting, right? We, we got, we, we took the whole month or two months to get ready for a business meeting. We knew our numbers cold. We knew our plan cold. We knew what we were asking for. We knew what we'd walk away with. And it was at the end of the day, it is reality TV. You know, you got, you got to make your ratings. Um, so, so for us, like, we, we should have put up more of a fight with some of the investors who, who were critical. Uh, and we could have like, it would have been, it would have been more entertaining for the network if like we got in a fist fight with each other, or if one of us passed out because we were nervous, you know, like at the end of the day, they, it's still entertainment and they, they need to put together a, a good show, no matter how good your business is or how bad your business is. It needs to be quality, quality television. 
So, I mean, what's that like when you guys realize, wow, we didn't get a deal? I mean, you're still standing up there. You're about to turn and do the walk-off. What's that like? Humbling. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think they all said, congratulations, good luck. You know, and we were like, screw, that means screw you. Like, you know what I mean? You bunch of losers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we walked out. We were we were shocked because we we obviously you go, you play to win the game, right? We thought we were going to go win, win the game and it just felt like a loss, right? In college, our coach had a rule like losses last 24 hours, right? You'd play a game on a Saturday. If you lost, take Sunday to figure it out. And then Monday morning, you're back to work. And, and by the time we got off that plane from LA to New York, we were, we were back to work. Were you guys almost reinvigorated, more inspired after that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was, it was, uh, a newfound energy, like a chip on your shoulder. Um, it, it almost like, let's go prove those guys wrong. And, and we're stubborn athletes, you know, like we're stubborn competitors. So as we were walking out of the tank, you have like this, this, um, last word that you get to say, there's like a post tank interview. And the, our guest shark was Rohan Oza, who's the CMO of vitamin water was the CMO of vitamin water. And I pointed into the camera. I was like, Rohan will never have another opportunity to invest in our brand, right? Like you, you embarrass us on national TV. You pass up on us. Like we're going to cross paths again, buddy. I hope we're successful because you're not going to get a chance to touch it. And like, that's just a, a stubborn, immature kid in me, but that's how we are. You know, like we want to, we want to win and we want to prove people wrong. Yeah. You guys got that chip in the shoulder. And I mean, it's something that you see so many entrepreneurs, so many athletes, especially they have that and that drives them to success. So, I mean, what's next for Suniva? Yeah, I, I think um, some big things in, in, in the pipeline. The Shark Tank is obviously going to draw some. Uh, it, it has already drawn amazing attention to our brand, but just putting it, the, the the dream from Jordan's dorm room is very much alive in that we want to be the healthy alternative to everything else that exists. The reason Suniva, like we, none of us dreamed of starting a coffee company. I never wanted to be a CEO of a coffee startup. But the reason we do what we do is because the options that are out there now aren't good for you. And, and we believe fundamentally that you will have a better day, a better life if you try our products. And the best way to do that is, is to put it on the shelves, drive awareness, and, and really inspire this healthy, productive future. So, I mean, anyone listening right now, they want to get linked up with you guys. Where should they go? They want to try Suniva. Where are they headed? Yeah, uh, drinksupercoffee.com's got all our info. Uh, discount oldest bro. Actually, no, discount what got you there, right? WGYT. That is good for 20% off the, the order. Um, my email is just jim at suniva.co. Uh, Jordan's is jordan at suniva.co, and Jake's is jake at suniva.co. So we are accessible. We, we love meeting new people. We love people who are hungry. Uh, we were in your shoes very, not too long ago, and uh, we got a lot to learn from everybody. So please reach out. Cool. Jim, Jordan, I can't thank you guys enough for joining us today. Love Sean, it, thank you, man. This Thanks, is great. Brother. Let's Appreciate do it. it As someone who's always looking for ways to improve my mental and physical performance, I started using Four Sigmatic about a year ago, and I love their products. At Four Sigmatic, they believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods and adaptogens to help us live healthier, more enhanced lives. Everyone's talking about Four Sigmatic, including Time Magazine, Vogue, Forbes, even the New York Times. My favorite product is their convenient new brain stick pack. Perfect before a workout or a study session, their dual mushroom blend supports memory attention and brain health. I also have been using their cordyceps before workouts and love the results. I've experienced the benefits of these delicious packets, but now it's time for you to as well. To receive 15% off your order, use discount code WGYT 
at checkout at foursigmatic.com or by heading to foursigmatic.com forward slash WGYT. If you're looking for a way to stay energized throughout the entire day, grab a bottle of Suniva Super Coffee. Suniva is something I drink on a daily basis. It's an organic bottled coffee blend with lactose-free protein and MCTs from coconut oil, which provides me with clean, all-day energy. Head to your local Whole Foods or use discount code WGYT at drinksupercoffee.com for 20% off your order. Suniva was founded by three college athletes who are brothers and wanted a cleaner way to stay energized throughout the entire day. Let's face it, we all want to look good in the clothes we wear, but I got tired of sifting through the racks looking for a quality pair of jeans that cost less than $300. Then I found Distilled. DSTLD, pronounced Distilled, offers premium denim and essentials at an affordable price. Their products cost just one-third of what other premium brands charge because Distilled refuses to work with middlemen, bringing savings directly to you. Just go to dstld.com right now and use the promo code JOURNEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.